Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the founder and president of Accountable Capital, Drew Gaventer. So Drew Gaventer is, again, the president of Accountable Capital Corporation, an alternative small business financing company. Accountable Capital Corporation has helped thousands of small and medium-sized businesses with their financing needs. Drew is also a fintech and blockchain enthusiast with a focus on blockchain and financial markets. Drew, welcome to the show. Hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, I thought I'd just start by asking, uh, do you feel any different in 2021? (laughs) Uh, I I feel like early 2021 is going to be a little challenging, but I'm optimistic that things are going to improve by the uh, middle to latter part of 2021. Yeah, for sure. There's a part of me, I I already um, know some people who are trying to uh, coordinate uh, live events like in person or a conference like in summertime. And I was like, you know, honestly, I feel like I feel like you have to kind of wait till fall. Like I feel like fall, I kind of sense that it's going to be fall time when when a normal sort of comes back. But we'll see, you know, I'm just gonna take it day by day and, um, you know, just continue to stay focused on things that I can control (laughs) uh, as opposed to what I can't control. Absolutely. I mean, we're definitely getting the sense from a lot of our customers and small business owners that, you know, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's still challenging times, but Mm -hmm. at least they're hopeful that things are going to get better with the vaccines rolling out and they're starting to plan, you know, for the future, which which is a, a big positive to where we were, you know, March and April of last year, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's if there's anything that 2020 has taught a lot of us is to just be in the present. <laughs> like, don't plan too far ahead. Set. I remember a, a friend said to me, like, don't set goals, set intentions, and kind of let the universe like manifest like those intentions. Because if you set goals, especially in 2020, you'll likely be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. T- 2020 was the year of pivot. You know, I mean, it was, mm-hmm. you know, if you were in business, you, you were pivoting. And obviously, if you're still in business, you pivoted, you know, you yeah. or not. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, Drew, let's talk a little bit about your company, Accountable Capital. For people that are hearing about it for the first time, uh, what should they know uh, about your company? And who do you like to work with? Sure. So uh, we are an alternative finance company. So we're, we're very different than, say, your traditional bank that you would go to for financing. We're, we're mm-hmm. not competitors of the bank. Mm. Uh, we offer short-term financing generally for people who can't wait to get the financing at the bank level or people mm-hmm. who can't get the financing at the bank level for a number of reasons. It could be credit. It could mm. be typically the bank requires you to provide two years of tax returns, which means ultimately you have to be in business for two and a half, three years at minimum. Mm. And so with us, you know, the requirements are much less. The time from funding is, is practically a day. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Obviously, that being said, the cost of funds are generally a little bit more than what you'd get at the bank level, but we're not mm-hmm. competing. So typically if someone calls us up, we will tell them, you know, if you can get bank financing, mm-hmm. that's the way to go. So, you know, th- that's sort of the niche that we fill mm-hmm. in regards to, 
to financing for small businesses. Yeah, it sounds like you fulfill a need uh, for those, uh, like you said, businesses that maybe can't qualify for the bank loans. You know, I imagine the reason why the bank is so, um, why they have so many requirements is because they want to feel like they can trust you and that they'll get their money back. And so tell me a little bit about uh, how you've been able to uh, create this alternative small business financing, um, you know, solution for these businesses who can't necessarily, you know, get a bank loan. Sure. So, so, I mean, you know, ultimately I had many businesses before I got into this particular business. And, and mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges of being a small business owner is access to finance and capital. Right. You know, I always run into that problem as well. When I was, you know, running my businesses, I couldn't access capital. I could be at the bank. I could have a banking relationship for, you know, many, many years. And I would go to them. And of course, you know, these decisions aren't made at the bank level. You generally mm-hmm. talk to somebody at the bank. They push your paperwork right. you know, to some other location and they make a decision based on their their box. And either mm-hmm. you fit that box or you don't fit that box. And right. the other thing is typically banks don't like to lend to small businesses. They're typically lending SBA money, which is mm. federal government money. And basically they service that portfolio or hold a small percentage. So typically those types of financing arrangements are collateral based financing arrangements. And you know, you have to have something to put up, a building or some sort of collateral. And with us, you don't need collateral for financing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a very different model and we serve a very specific sort of niche, but it's a useful niche. And, you know, especially these days, I mean, obviously there's PPP money available, mm-hmm. but if you don't qualify or you need more money, banks aren't lending. Right. And there's no alternative solution for small businesses. So we, we feel like we really serve a very, very important need. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned that uh, with the clientele that you do serve, they sort of, uh, there's sort of less requirements as opposed to what the bank um, is asking for. Can you tell us a little bit of like, what it, what would it take for a medium, a small or medium or small size business to qualify uh, for your lending? Sure. So, so basically what we typically look for is we're looking at bank statements, cash flow, Mm -hmm. uh, what you're doing in deposits. And so all we ask for uh, is four months of bank statements. That's mm, the only wow. requirement we have. Um, and then obviously we take a one-page application and we're basically just looking at the business, the cash flow, how well you manage the cash. We, we do uh, a credit pull, which is a, a soft credit pull. Mm-hmm. But basically what we're doing is we're building sort of a, a portfolio of, of your business. And we do pull credit, but credit is not a driving factor in mm. regards to getting financing with us. But what it does is it works its way into, we have dynamic pricing. And so depending on how long you've had the business, you know, what type of business, if your credit's good or bad, will ultimately kick out pricing and the cost mm-hmm. of the financing. So obviously if you have good credit, it'll cost you less. If your credit isn't so good, you can still get it, but it may yeah. cost you a bit. Uh, I know that yeah, I think, yeah, thank you so much for explaining that. I know that uh, in 2020, your business actually uh, grew a lot. And so talk about what, I guess, kind of what that means for you, you know, helping these small businesses uh, get access to financing, especially in, especially in 2020 during COVID times. Sure. Yeah. 2020 was, a, was an interesting year, obviously, to say the least. But uh, <laughs> one of the reasons why we grew, uh, or a number of reasons, um, a lot of players in our field actually went out of business, surprisingly. Mm. So like, mm-hmm. uh, you probably have heard of Cabbage. They were mm-hmm. probably, you know, the, the biggest up-and-coming player in the market. And, mm. uh, you know, when things went bad, they, they literally went out of business in a matter of weeks and were ultimately uh, purchased by American Express. 
Mm. But I think what happened in our space was there a lot of financial companies that were over leveraged. And obviously, when things shut down, a lot of these businesses had to close. And we were one of the few remaining players that was still open and operating. Wow. And even during the shutdown, we were still operating. And so, you know, interestingly enough, uh, you know, we were a lot of our clients or potential clients were contacting us and we were still doing deals and, and doing business. And, and I think there was a huge opportunity for us to grow. I think that's really interesting how, you know, your competitors, uh, you know, particularly cabbage in this case, uh, shut down and you said other, you know, similar competitors also shut down. What would you say is your secret? Like, how did you, how did you survive out of, you know, all of your competitors? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a secret. I think a lot of our, you know, I, I came from originally during the great recession, the housing bust, mm. I was in mm. the real estate market and I was doing uh, mortgages and second mortgages. Mm-hmm. And I took away a valuable lesson, which was obviously to be fiscally responsible and not over leverage. Mm. And coming into this space, um, you know, I looked at players like Cabbage and obviously it's, it's always tough to see companies that are really growing quickly and leveraging themselves to grow when you decide to be sort of fiscally smart and not leverage, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I think for many years, I was questioning my decision. But ultimately, you know, when we hit, uh, of course, I, no one could have predicted this, but I, I was assuming at some point we would hit a recession or sort of some sort of financial problem. And, and, you know, and ultimately, it would it would clean you know sort of companies that were over leveraged and, and this happened and obviously mm-hmm. this was a huge surprise but I think I think that that was sort of the difference is that you know as a financial company I always thought that it's important to to have good books clean books not over leverage yeah. yourself and 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 it, it worked out in this particular case. Yeah, for people that are hearing about, uh, I noticed that you use the term over leveraged a lot. And so for people that are hearing that for the first time, can you just elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by to not over leverage? Sure. So, so like when you look at the model of some of our competitors, um, what they would do is they'd go to the private market, maybe mm-hmm. hedge funds or other places, and they would, you know, basically get financing for themselves, lines of mm-hmm. credit or other term financing, and they would have to deploy this money, and they'd mm-hmm. be leveraged on in the sense that like they would have to make loans, and based on performance of these loans, they would be allowed to keep this financing. And so ultimately, mm-hmm. what happened is they would leverage themselves out based on what they had in real cash. So if they had, mm. say, $100 million in cash, they would go and draw, you know, maybe a billion dollars mm. and they would push that billion dollars out on financing. But the problem is that if the performance of their portfolio defaults or performs below a certain level, the lenders call that money back. And mm. so ultimately, when we hit the sort of hiccup and a lot of small businesses were shut down, obviously, for weeks, mm-hmm. could not pay performance, you know, they had no cash flow, they had no money to, to continue their operations. And ultimately, they failed very, very quickly. Wow. So well, that, that sort of works. that's a good lesson for everyone. <laughs> for sure. You know, money management is, is probably one of the most important things when it comes to running a business. And we see it day in and day out, you know, right, as far right. As far yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Drew, why don't you give us maybe a couple of examples, maybe the maybe your favorite businesses that you had the opportunity to work with, whether it's in 2020 or even in, in the start of the new year, um, just so our listeners can get an idea of what it would be like to, you know, come to you and, and ask for financing. 
So, so when you say favorite businesses, you mean favorite businesses as far as like clients, or? yeah, fa- or favorite clientele that has kind of walked through your doors and say, "I need help." Sure, uh, you know we see a lot of daycare, and oh, I know wow. that daycare is suffering currently, mm-hmm. but it, it's a very, very good business model, and I think that after COVID, it's mm-hmm. going to be a, a very good model to be in as well. And you know, that's one of one of my favorite business models that we see that come through the door. Uh, we do a lot of trucking, a lot of independent trucking, and you know that particular model has been. Uh, very, very good, even through COVID, you know, just mm. because of the fact that, you know, the truckers typically operate independently and the need to move goods and, you know, during this time and people not doing it and more things sort of going through the mail or FedEx and stuff, the mm-hmm. volume has just been tremendous. So, you know, those are a couple of businesses that, that are pretty good and I think will be good probably in 2021. Yeah, definitely. I think as uh, people start to go back in the office, they'll start to appreciate, um, you know, daycare, <laughs> daycare services. It's yeah, been no. very interesting for a lot of parents to, you know, juggle working from home and also trying to, you know, teach their kids, <laughs> you know, so that I think that'll be a relief for a lot of people when, you know, things start to hopefully crossing fingers open up again. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of people, a lot of employees, here, obviously, be very, very excited when schools start to, to function in a more normal way, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, well, Drew, I, I am curious to know, um, how did you get started in Accountable Capital? I'm curious to know, like, what the early stages of that look like. And you're like, okay, I have to create this need. You know, there's a need in the marketplace, and this is what I have. I, ha- I personally have the skill set and the knowledge to offer this. Sure. Yeah, I, so... You know, basically, I, like I told you, I was in the mortgage realm, and um, mm-hmm. I basically fought through that even after the debacle. And uh, at some <laughs> point, I just decided that overregulated, and it was exhausting. It was more just yeah. being in compliance and satisfying state requirements, and and so I decided to sort of move into this this business, which was a business that you know again was interesting to me because I understood the struggles of getting financing. Um, and so basically I got into this business and I enjoy working with small business owners and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of fun to talk to people every day and, you know, basically learn about new businesses and discuss their business issues or their mm-hmm. success, you know, and all kinds of things. So it, it was, it was an exciting business for me and I got into it and, you know, from there it just sort of took off. Yeah. I love that. It kind of just, it was like an organic for you. Like it just felt right to be in that space and you enjoyed it. So you kept going with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Drew, before I uh, pivot here, I wanted to know, is there anything else you want people to know about accountable capital, uh, accountable capital that I haven't asked yet? No, I mean, I, you know, if anyone's listening and they need working capital and obviously they can't get the financing that they need at the bank level, you know, to, to certainly reach out to us. Uh, we're always happy to help. And, you know, even if we can't help, we're happy to just talk to you and give you some ideas of, you know, ways that possibly could help you. So, you know, just reach out to us. You can reach us by email. Uh, it's info at accountable, A-C-C-O-U-N-T-A-B-L-E, capital, C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Or you can uh, give us a call, uh, you know, either way, and we're happy to talk to you. 
cool. And uh, I think that this will be very beneficial for a lot of our listeners. So I'm very excited for them to hear this interview come out and, you know, uh, have a chance to reach out to you and inquire about your services. Um, Before we go, Drew, I just wanted to know, is there any parting piece of advice or wisdom? You know, you've already dropped a lot of knowledge, I think, in our conversation today. But anything else you want uh, for our small business owners and entrepreneurs to know um, in moving forward, you know, entering 2021? (laughs) I think that probably the the biggest um, thing that we see is that small business owners are, are very heavily focused on um, their their actual gross revenue mm. as opposed to their net. And I think that you know when running a business, uh, worrying less about how much money you know you can bring into your company and more how much profit you actually bring in. You know, and mm. I see it all the time. I, I see. You know, you'll see some businesses that have, you know, revenues of $2 million, $3 million, and yet the owner only walk, walks away with $100,000, you know, and I'll mm, see another business right. where they have dollars, and the owner walks away with half a million dollars in net profit. And I think it, it's important, obviously, to grow your revenue, but to do it in a way that actually makes a profit. And, mm. you know, that, that would be probably the biggest thing I see day to day that really small business owners need to sort of focus on. Yeah, beautifully said. Well, on that note, Drew, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jen. I hope that you have a happy and healthy uh, 2021. Yes, and I wish the same for all of us. (laughs) Uh, And you as well, Drew. Yeah. Once again, to our listeners, this is Drew Goventer. He is the founder and president of Accountable Capital. You can learn more about him and his company at accountablecapital.com. Thank you all so much for joining us and we will chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.